what's up hello welcome to sounds fake but okay a podcast where an arrow ace girl i'm sarah that's me and a demi straight girl that's me kayla and a bisexual lady who also teaches children named amanda talk about all things to do with love relationships sexuality and pretty much anything else we just don't understand on today's episode queer education in schools sounds fake but okay Marsupial. Okay, I hate that. I we're just gonna dive right into it. We have a friend here with us today. Hello, Amanda. Hi. T- who are you? <laughs> How did you get into our home? <laughs> I let her in. Well, um, I am a person that Sarah knows. That's a good um, start. Because I am dating Sarah's sister. That is true. Who has been a former podcast guest. That's it's true. Has she been on twice now? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. I've listened to both episodes, as well as many others. Wow. We <laughs> She's a true fan. <laughs> and um, a supportive lady. And I also am a master's student in an elementary education program, learning how to be an elementary school teacher. And uh, that is who I am. Nice. How exciting. Thank you for joining us. Amanda, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about how educators and other adults in children's lives need to be really intentional about talking to children about queer identities, starting from pretty young ages. Yeah, because we push straightness onto kids very young, so maybe we should teach them about queer people too. We sure do. That's something I think about because school has such a big role in teaching children about what their gender means Mm -hmm. and what their sexuality means, even if we're not coming out and saying it. And um, that's a problem when we are not intervening in like the messages that society's giving us about what it means to be a woman, a man, a straight person, a gay person, a human yeah. A cat, a dog. An asexual person, a demisexual person. A yeah. person who wears long sleeve shirts when yeah. it's too warm in her room. It's you. Yeah. We're talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always wonder, uh, we have a friend um, who was on the podcast a long time ago who's um, non-binary, and mm-hmm. they teach preschool yes. right now, and they're in school for it, and they always, they'll tell stories sometimes about, like, Kids will be like, why do you look like that? Or like, what are you? And they'll just have to be like, okay. Yeah. But like, it's, I don't, I think it's good that they're there teaching because then they have those conversations with the kids. Like if yeah. they were just like a cis person, those, you know, those conversations wouldn't happen. Yeah. It's much more difficult for a person not of that identity to like introduce that conversation mm-hmm. into a classroom authentically. Right. For example, I feel pretty confident talking about some women who date women or some women who marry women. Um, I know like a bunch of books that I will be bringing into my own classroom to talk about that. But as I was preparing for this episode, I... She came so prepared, by the way. This is like about to be the most prepared episode that's ever happened. She came in with a lesson plan for y'all. It's going to be great. It's structured. (laughs) I don't think we're actually following the structure, but the structure is there. But at least you prepared anything. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Um... (laughs) But, you know, I was sitting down because this is a podcast primarily about asexuality. And I was thinking, like, how do I talk about 
how to bring in positive messages about asexual people. And like, it was a challenge for me because I'm not of that identity. So I think it's really important for, you know, the teaching field to have people of all identities in it and for people to be able to be open about those identities because exposure is like a really important part of queer education in schools. Yeah. I was watching, so the other day I watched the entire series of the TV show The Other Two in a single day. It's a good show. Okay. Um, but one of the main characters is gay, and he, through a series of events, his, his little brother's famous, it's about the older siblings as they're struggling and their little brother's like famous, and um, he ends up at a high school dance, and he encounters a teacher there who's gay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. That's a teacher who's, like, openly gay. gay. Yeah. At a high school in yeah. New Jersey. And that I was, like, kind of taken aback by that. And I was like, I wish I wasn't taken aback by this. Mm-hmm. Like, and then there was, like, another, like, person who, I don't know exactly what their gender was, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what their gender was. And it's like, they were just a character. Like, they were just a kid at the high school. I was like, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah thank you. I, I never had... A queer teacher? I think all my teachers were white. Well, you did grow up in Harlem. I did grow up in Harlem. But just saying, I literally don't think I ever had a teacher that wasn't white. So, yikes. I found found out retroactively that I had queer teachers. But none of my teachers were out Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, I'm kind of learning the more that I get into this field that I'm like, not the first generation of teachers to like really focus on being open but mm-hmm. like because there's definitely people who have done it before but like I'm when I look on how look at like resources on how to like be a queer teacher and open about it like I'm not finding much yeah. mm-hmm. because there's not a lot of yeah. information at this point mm-hmm. but you know one day I think about this moment all the time like about, like, actually coming out to my students, like, when Mm -hmm. that's going to happen. Because, like, it'll happen after, like, me and my partner, like, get engaged. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm going to have to simultaneously tell them, like, oh, I'm engaged, like, Mm -hmm. exciting moment. Mm -hmm. Also, it's a woman. It's a woman. And that's, like, that's an exciting moment to think about and Mm -hmm. also pretty scary because children, like, even if they don't really know like they're still learning a lot about the world but they pick up on the messages that adults and like the media have um and might even just not know how to react to something that they've never heard of before um i almost think like the younger they are the easier it would be yeah but if you're teaching like fifth grade yeah it's like those kids they have ingrained in their heads what their parents taught them absolutely by that point like i mean yes they're still kids and they have plenty of room to grow and learn but like at that point versus like a first grader they might sort of know what their parents think but they're not going to be like well i hate you because my dad (laughs) voted for trump and it's like (laughs) if they did i feel like with younger kids it's easier to be like okay well you're little you can like you don't really know what you're talking about well you can can also like like, reason with them and and they'll be like oh okay that makes sense but by the time they get older they're more i feel like they're more willing to like push back yeah children also they kind of just accept things and move on. Yeah. Like, I remember so many times when I was student teaching this year, like, telling my students something really important. Like, maybe I just had, like, a really impactful conversation with them about, like, 
why their skin is dark and my skin is light. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they're just like, okay, I'm going to do my drawing now. Like, <laughs> it's, they're able to like understand so much, but they also don't put like the amount of meaning into it that mm-hmm. adults and older people do. They're just like, oh, okay, that's another fact such as yeah. I like broccoli and I don't like chocolate, which is the opposite of what most children would say. I'm just being honest, world. Anyway. And since, <laughs> since children like can kind of accept these ideas lightly like it's really important to like start introducing ideas like differences in gender identity and differences in sexual identity in like neutral settings Mm -hmm. like this honestly kind of annoys me but it's also like a really good way of doing it like whenever I've talked to a professor about like how to introduce a difficult social topic Mm -hmm. they're like read a book to your class and so I, like, came with, like, this whole list of, like, books that you could read to kids about, wow. like, different gender identities or mm-hmm. different sexualities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a good way to introduce these topics um, as long as you're facilitating the conversation. Yeah. Um, although some of them are a little odd. Like, I was looking at one for non-binary, like, teaching about, like, non-binary people. Mm-hmm. And it's called, a, it's a book called Neither. And from what, I'm un- what, from what I understand, it's, like, about a creature who is not a duck, but also not a bunny. Okay. They are neither and mm-hmm. or both. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, introducing students to the idea that, like, there's not a binary of men and women, that there's, like, an in-between. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting idea and I think is important. Like, it's important. Yeah. It's fundamental to understanding non-binary people, yeah. but it's also comparing non-binary people to an animal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and it's also being like, well, there is duck and there is rabbit. And then, like, those are the two, like, sides of it. Like, it's yeah. still kind of binary in a way because it's like, yeah. these are the two things. And then the other people are, like, not those two. Which is, like, it's kind of true, but also it's... It's yeah. very complicated. Yeah. It's <laughs> because elementary school children have such a strong idea of like what it means to be a boy and what it means to be a girl, which is really unfortunate and we can get into that. But because they have such a strong idea, like introducing it that way can be really useful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like they can get more like the conversation could get more accurate from there. Yeah. Especially as kids get older. But yeah. um no it is an issue. I also wonder, because, like, I've taken, like, developmental psych classes about, like, when kids start understanding, like, metaphors and more kind of, like, abstract things, and so I'm just wondering, like, I don't know, like, what's the age where they really start understanding and be able to, like, fully take in, like, a metaphor like that, like a duck and a rat, you know what I mean? Like, so... I don't know. I'm sure you, I'm sure, more than I do. My third graders can do it. With what we call scaffolding, which mm-hmm. just means teacher support. Um, I wouldn't expect a student to be able to start doing that on their own to like fourth, fifth grade. So like around the ages of nine or ten. In a, like, I could see that book like going over in a third grade classroom with like the teacher facilitating and the kids like coming out of it saying like, oh, like I understand that there are some people who don't think of themselves as men or women. That mm-hmm. like the non-binary is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing I keep thinking about is this this idea of when people are saying, like, oh, like, they're too young to explain to them. Like, my kids are too young to understand what gay or whatever means. But it's like, but you've been pushing heterosexuality on them their entire life. Yeah. And it's just, like, I feel like a lot of... 
until the parents stop pushing that, until the society and the parents stop pushing that onto the children, which is going to be a long time, Mm -hmm. like, it kind of falls on the shoulders of queer people and teachers and queer teachers to, like, help them unlearn that, which sucks and it's stupid. Yeah, I definitely, like, I definitely feel that in classrooms. Like, there's... There's already this, like, I taught in a third grade classroom, and there was this, already this automatic assumption that, like, everybody was straight, even Mm -hmm. though they probably don't even know the word straight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, like, teacher, not teachers, students asking me, asking me pretty often, like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? And me being like, no. Yeah, do you, what, what, do you just say no to that? Yeah, I just say no, because that's, I don't have a boyfriend. Do it's they ever, the like, truth. push it? Because, like, as someone who, I've worked with children a little bit, coaching gymnastics, and yeah. sometimes they'll be like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? And I'll be like, no. And they'll be like, why not? And I'll be like, because <laughs> I don't want to. And they're like, why not? And I'm like, because I don't. Go do your cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> to keep professional. wild. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, um, to keep professional distance, I usually don't let the conversation go beyond there. I'll just mm-hmm. be like, that's an interesting question. Why do you want to know that? Like, I flip it back on them. Yeah. Um, the idea of professional difference itself is, like, pretty interesting because I think I could probably get away with saying, yes, I have a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But, like, in a lot of places, I couldn't get away with Yeah. I have a girlfriend, actually. Yeah. Um. And then at, yeah. at what point do you want to be like, like, I feel like some people would just lie and be like, oh yeah, I have a boyfriend, but it's like, but then you're down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And then you're just like, I think, I feel like it would be better to just be honest and not elaborate <laughs> than to lie about it. But I feel like in some places people, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I know teachers that have definitely like gotten down the rabbit hole and it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to like pull yourself out especially like if you're not out to administration yeah I do like I have a picture of Emily as like my phone background mm-hmm. and like I have gotten questions about like the phone background a lot mm-hmm. um and they'll just be like who's that and at this point I just say like oh like a person I care about or like I, I think sometimes I even say a friend and like mm-hmm. that doesn't feel right but it's yeah. what I can do right now a friend minus a syllable yeah mm. Is it at the front or the back? It could be friendship. <laughs> it could be friend... I was going to say nugget. Nugget is two syllables. Uh, I hate... Uh. You're welcome. No. <laughs> but, like, teachers aren't supposed to talk about dating. Yeah. Which it makes it hard for, like, a queer person to talk about their sexuality with their students. Unless they're, like, you know, validated by the institution of marriage. Yeah. Which, so teachers are allowed to talk about like their wives or their, their husbands. So if you were straight and you had a boyfriend, and a kid asked you, "Do you have a boyfriend?" Would you be allowed to say yes? You could. It wouldn't be like the most professional thing. Hmm. I like I've heard of like I have a colleague who was introducing herself to her students this year, and she lives with her boyfriend, and she's been with her boyfriend for like six, seven years, mm-hmm. and she told um she like made a presentation about herself and like there was a picture of her and her boyfriend and she was going to say like oh this is my boyfriend I live with him and the teacher she was working with said you should say that that's your fiance because mm. parents are going to get mad mm. and that was like in a fairly liberal place Jesus. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean that makes sense though yeah like I, I understand where that's coming from even though it sucks 
Yeah. Yeah, like, I do understand it. Yeah. I also wonder, like, I don't know, it's just so different being in college now, because teachers will do, like, their beginning of the semester, like, presentation, who's here, like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of teachers that would say, like, partner, even if they were dating someone of, like, the opposite gender. Mm-hmm. And... I, I had that same experience. I don't know. I just feel like partner is a lot of a better word, especially if it's, like, a long-term person. Yeah. Because boyfriend just, to me, boyfriend sounds like, mm. Yeah. And well, like, 12. I've, I've 12, had teachers, you know? I've had teachers say partner even if they were a woman and they were with a man and mm. they were married. Yeah. And they still would just say partner because it's, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's, like, gender neutral. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And then, I think that's also good because it's not making people assume that it's a straight-up relationship, mm-hmm. even if it is. It's <laughs> a fun mystery. Cause, like, it my is a te- fun mystery. My teacher was, like, my partner, and I was like, ooh. It's like, I want to know more. <laughs> that word has, like, context to it, though. Like, yeah. once you say partner, like, there's a little bit of a guessing game. Like, yeah. oh, is this person trying to use inclusive language as mm-hmm. an ally, or are they doing it to kind of not totally out themselves mm-hmm, as queer? Yeah. Or sometimes I found people who are in a straight relationship, but they're not married, but they've been together for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if they don't plan to get married, yeah. they just call them their partner because it seems more... Institutionalized. Yeah, it, it yeah. seems more, like, permanent than, like, boyfriend. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, professional. Yeah. Like, I think when my sister's fiancé was, like, applying for med schools and doing his... Um, like interviews i think someone told him to call my sister his partner even though they weren't engaged yet because he was trying to ask them about like will she be able to get a job as a nurse like in this area and they were like well don't call her your girlfriend because that sounds stupid it sounds high school yeah Yeah. Yeah. anyway this has nothing to do we got very (laughs) off topic welcome to sound fake but okay It's great to see the magic happen oh yeah Uh, i'm aware of your tangents having listened to them since oh yeah october Oh, a true yeah. fan. A fan right from the beginning. It was immediate. Well, not right from. It was. But from it, the beginning of when you became aware of it. Yeah. It was admittedly at first because I wanted to, like, get in good with Emily. Mm. That's fair. But then I was. I don't have, like, a lot of connections to, like, the queer community. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, so this has actually been a great. I didn't prior point to this either. either. <laughs> and yet cool. here we are. Here we all are. Yeah, this this podcast has really evolved. We used to record sitting on my bed. We would and now we would we sit have in bed tables. and by the, You've come so far. By the yeah. end of it we would start sitting and by the end we would just be like both laying down. Like, <laughs> now you're so you're so far from the mic. I yell, they can hear me. We would just like slowly <laughs> slide down the bed and by the end we'd just be like laying. Anyway, anyway children queer people exist. Hello, if there's any children listening, first stop. Please, probably. <laughs> this is for if, the adults that are. I don't know that this is know. like appropriate. Okay, here's like, I'm thing. glad you're getting this information, here's, but like, here's the thing about swearing. I don't like around kids. What? Kayla's. It's attached it's to my head. Okay. It's attached to my head. Kayla just tried to take a hair off me, but it was attached to my head. Um, you know, here's the th- my thing with swearing. It's like around kids, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't swear. But then I'm like, oh, around kids, I swear but, more. But then I'm like, why the fuck shouldn't I swear? It's just a word. It doesn't mean anything. Around... If it's like a derogatory term, I wouldn't be using it in the first place. Yeah. But like around kids, I find myself accidentally swearing more because <laughs> I'm like thinking about. It. So I'm very I would torn be a... about swearing. I would be children. a terrible teacher. Just because I would not be able to not swear. What words are you allowed to say as Ooh. a teacher? Are you allowed to say like that sucks? I, I say that sucks with students, okay. most, mostly in, like, an empathetic yeah. context. Like, yeah. if we're having, like, a conversation about, like, 
parental divorce or something. Yeah. I'll just start with a, that sucks. That's you know? unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything stronger than that sucks? Probably not. Yeah. Can you um, say, like, darn? I try to avoid darn. Wow. Like, uh, I could not do it. Yeah. Do you say dang flabbit? I don't. I usually don't. I avoid all expletives. Wow. Not, not so impressive. Well, the, okay, the grammatical term for what I'm saying would be, like, I think technically ejaculations. Mm-hmm. Like, I avoid it. Ah. But I don't like that word. I don't either. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. Mouth ejaculations. <laughs> not any better! Aren't those just, like, words? Hopefully any children that were listening listen then to your first warning hey, to hey, stop listening. Hey, hey, Kayla, go climb out the window and blow off the roof. I would love to. It's probably <laughs> colder out there and I'm sweating. Also, I hope you have all heard the birds. My window's open because it's hot, so... Maybe Zeke will drive by and you'll hear him. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Anyway. If you would like to, you know, get the conversation back on track. I, like, I would like get, that. I would get me started that. on something. Okay. Ooh, we have a list. Okay. Oh, yeah. Kayla, you do it. No. I'm stressed. Is no. the list overwhelming? Everything's overwhelming to me. Okay. You met her. <laughs> okay. Um, um, something that is a big issue, like, especially at the elementary school level, which is, like, where I plan to work is, like, thinking about transgender students. Yeah. Um, sexual orientation doesn't come into play as much until like a student's like 10 and i might teach fifth grade but like you're aware of your gender identity much earlier yes as research research shows and some of us were in college before they knew anything about their sexuality i mean same so (laughs) nice mostly because of repression but we love repression wouldn't it be cool if like sex education great if sex education was like good if sex education was anything other than heterosexuality abstinence only you know what really gets me this is i'll get back on topic after this i promise is that like men know nothing about periods yes recently i was talking to my boyfriend and he was like what's menopause and i was like hello oh my god (laughs) hello he's a cs major i could do a whole other pod about no it's just like he's a smart boy he is a smart boy but he's a dumb dumb boy (laughs) well society doesn't require men to know much about women it's like i can't even be that mad at him because it's like not his fault yeah because who was gonna teach him his sister is way older than maybe his schools should teach him well yeah his schools are at the ones I should be. public education I've, I've in heard... california too you think yeah. they would be <laughs> you know california's had some like overall pretty good on education but like it's had some right sketchy now ones. it's not doing so good yeah. all the teachers are on strike something about teachers if they run out of like sick days um they, they have to pay, they for, have their to pay for their own stuff yeah i was oh. seeing that uh my oh, my beef God. is about how crappily teachers are treated that's a big mood yeah, yeah. Well, that's for the beef part. Yeah. We'll anyway, transgender anyway, children. Kids. My biggest pet peeve is when I'm in a classroom and the teacher running the classroom does some sort of activity activity that separates boys and girls oh, into uh, groups, yeah. like anything, like saying like, especially ones where it makes the boys and girls competitive one another with yeah. one another. But yeah. like, even just saying like, okay, all of the boys read the sentence now, all the girls read the sentence like it makes you immediately identify with one camp or the other yeah and then what gets worse if is if it's like i'm going to look and see which group is ready first the boys 
or the girls. And the group that's ready and quiet first is the one that gets to go out to recess first. And it it just mm. it just puts all of these like oppositional views mm. into kids' yeah. heads about gender when we know Yeah. When like it's binary yeah. and competitive. Yeah. And I feel like that's this age that kids start being like self conscious about like oh, yeah. who their friends are too. Like once kids get to a certain age it's like cooties and like oh, like how when have... I was in first grade all my friends were guys. And, and then, then after we... that all girls still yeah, yeah. The the transition is like first and second grade you can see a lot of like cohesive social groups, a lot of like heterogeneity and who you're hanging out heterogeneity. Yeah. 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 And who you're hanging out with and then like by third and fourth grade, like you start to get into these factions by like race, by gender, like make it homogeneous, make it gay. Yeah, third and fourth grade is like <laughs> I used to be like in elementary school. I was like cool, and then fourth grade is when like clicks started to happen, and I was like, oh, I'm I, not cool. I'm anymore. not cool, and now my hair is frizzy, and I'm ugly, and I have no friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll do. Yeah. yeah, it sure did. My trick was just hanging out right around the middle the whole time, never cause any ripples. That's smart. And when someone tells you your scarf is ugly, you don't tell on them. And then when someone else tells on them, and then you're like, I didn't want this attention. It's my birthday. <laughs> One time a girl called my leotard ugly, and I told on her, and she got in I trouble. St- I still remember exactly who was involved. I remember I remember the person who this was told to. It was very scarring. I just wanted to enjoy my birthday, and I was going to let it go because I didn't want attention. And you know what? Anyway... Now you're getting extra attention because you're just, like, telling the world about it. <laughs> I'm just mad about it. First of all, why would you tell a fourth grader that your that their scarf is ugly? I know it was ugly. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the time, I oh, thought it was twist. cute. In hindsight, it was hideous. Well, most things that kids wear... I say this with all the love in the world. Oh, kids are... And appreciation for everything that kids love. But most fashion choices by children are just oh, out has, there. Has my sister told you about my purple sweater? No. Has she told you how Sarah would wear tights under her pants? Yes. She did I, do socks? Mm-hmm. I, I did learn about that. One of these days you should ask my sister about my purple sweater. Right. No good. Uh, for about a year, year and a half, I wore this purple sweater. It was a zip-up sweater, so I could mm-hmm. wear it like over shirts. I wore it every single day. It had a fuzzy hood. <laughs> um, and Why did it, Julie let you do that? Well, Julie didn't want to let me do that. <laughs> But Julie um, probably had to pick her battles. Julie tried very hard, and eventually it got too dirty because I wore it literally every day. And oh. she was like, Sarah, no more. And I was very upset. You know how I wrote a book when I was in, like, second grade? No. I wrote a book. Didn't we It all... was a fantasy book. Didn't there we were like... swords involved. Yeah. Should have known like, early. Didn't we, all write a book in, like, second grade? I wrote one about, like people with like elemental powers i would i would like my family would be sitting in the family room watching tv together and i would sit in the den on the desktop computer just writing your book typing out my book like (laughs) nights like like it took a long it i printed it out i put it in a little binder i have it at home somewhere i i had (laughs) can we do a podcast or is you you doing a reading of your book please take a picture of me to put on the back of the book you know a little about the author it is your purple sweater and i was wearing the purple sweater can you? Can we please do a reading of the book? Sarah? It was called Avon Swords. Avon Swords. We what should have name. known then that I was eight. <laughs> Avon was just a word I made up Vote because now. I liked making things up. Vote now on your phones if we're gonna do a live reading of this. The answer is yes. Anyway, oh, no. off topic again. 
Anyway. I have a question. Yes. So, well, you teach younger kids, so maybe it wouldn't, like, come up as much. But, yeah. like, do they teach you in school, or have you, like, read anything about, like, what to do if kids are getting, like, bullied about their gender or, like, sexuality or anything? Like, so, like, the best, the best answers I've gotten on that have been, like, just putting in efforts to education. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. that's where, like, the, oh, bring in a book and read it aloud yeah. thing yeah. comes in a lot. Yeah. Which reading a storybook can't solve all the world's problems. Yeah, if yeah. only it could. Yeah, <laughs> I would read so many books to Donald Trump. I would be like, "Hey, Don, you'd also, you know, why also is Carly because he's illiterate and you'd have to read to him." Oh my god, you're so right. Ooh, roasted. <laughs> but I, um, you know, that's that's honestly where I would start just to get a conversation going. The important thing is like, it can't be a conversation of like. We all need to talk about Kevin, who was once a girl but is now a boy, and how you're treating him. Like, that is traumatic for Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, you know, it's really important to be an ally. Like, there's some... Honestly, there's a lot of things you can lay down, like, foundationally at, like, the beginning of the school year. I think it's more important to be proactive in those kinds Mm -hmm. of situations. Mm -hmm. Like, doing a lesson on, like we call people exactly what they want to be called. Yeah. And that goes for, like, you know, people who are transgender and non-binary, but also people who have really long ethnic names, for example. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's a book I know that works for, like, there's this girl who has an Arabic name, Kremale Yassina Dean, and all the kids make fun of her for it. But then Mm -hmm. she learns how to teach everyone her name, Mm -hmm. and everyone learns how to say it exactly. And then that leads into an activity where everyone teaches their name exactly how it's supposed to be said. It's like how Mm -hmm. Sarita says her last name is Vinakota, like Minnesota, but she told me it was spelled like that, and it's not. It's pronounced like that, not spelled like that. that. But anyway, (laughs) what if you have that kind of norm in your classroom, if... You know, if they're insisting on calling a student by a name that they don't appreciate, mm. you can go back to that norm saying, like, remember, we learned. Yeah. We call students, we call everyone exactly what they want to be called. Yeah, well, because it's like, I was going to be like, well, what happens if, like, a trans student, like, starts going by a different name? And then I was like, okay, when I was in elementary school, the our, one of our neighbors... His name was AJ, and he went by AJ. And then one year, he was like, I want to be called Alex now, because his name was, like, actually Alexander. Yeah. And the J was, like, his middle name or something. Yeah. And then, so we were like, all right, you can be Alex now. And then the next year... You, he, I allow you to be And Alex. then the next year, we were, he was like, I want to be AJ again. And we were like, okay. Like, it's that easy. Yeah. And <laughs> like, honestly, sometimes I accidentally called him Alex. and the, Or I accidentally called him AJ. And then I'd be like, sorry, you want to be called Alex now. Alex. Mm-hmm. That's also something that the teacher can model like yeah. thinking about like oh i know that you've i know that you've changed your name recently like i am like i'm remembering to call you this right now mm-hmm. and like students notice that sort of thing and mm-hmm. i'd say like from just like modeling it and showing what students what it looks like about like half stu- half the students will pick it up and yeah. do it themselves also teaching about preferred pronouns yeah i was like to ask about that it's like an opportunity, if you see it as such, because it's an opportunity to teach grammar. Ooh, because, yeah, we because love grammar. Yeah, especially, you know, elementary school teachers who are building language skills. Because, yeah. you know, if you're talking about how someone prefers certain pronouns, you have to talk about what pronouns are. Mm-hmm. You have to talk about, like, when we would use he and him as a pronoun, and when, mm-hmm. and that 
she and hers can work if you're referring to someone who identifies as a woman or mm-hmm. they and them if if they're identifying as non-binary or if they're choosing to for some other reason mm-hmm. like and it's teaching that those words grammatically work interchangeably but mm-hmm. they depend on the subject you're referring to yeah. that is a lesson in grammar which is very exciting. So exciting they and them is not always referring to plural people yeah, i am so for the movement of using they and them for singular Absolutely. non-gendered we yeah. already do it yeah we already do it if you don't know the gender of someone you I, say they recently someone was like but they is like plural and i was like you shut your fucking mouth I, sometimes um at the writing center where i work people will have like a thing where it's like he slash she Ugh, and i'm like that's so i'm like nasty. do i want like i want to say something about this but also it's like it can get yeah. touchy a little yeah. bit. Well, the other day, I got very lucky. It was someone who was writing a, like, personal statement for um, an application, and there was a character count, and they were over. And I was like, mm. they is fewer characters than he slash C. Got him. Got them. <laughs> wow. That's wild. So I have a question. I have an answer. Oh, do you? I just I put up a fake microphone here. as if we don't have a microphone. You put a fake microphone right up in front of the real mic. I know, it got in front of the real mic. How rude of you. Um, But anyway, so as I was preparing, like, there is a section in my lesson plan about, like, Mm -hmm. talking about asexuality and Mm -hmm. how it relates to, like, elementary school. But, like, I'm not an asexual person. I'm wondering, like, what you would have wished you had learned about asexuality Hmm. when you were in elementary school or what messages about sexuality you wish you had gotten. I think the thing I wish most that had happened was that it wasn't so assumed that everyone would have this future of, like, marriage and kids. Like, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I didn't realize until 11th grade that it was an option to Mm. not do that. Like, I, um, like... On some level. Like, I understood. I had, I had aunts who weren't married and didn't have kids, but, like, for me, it was, like assumed that it's like well of course I'm gonna get married and have kids because that is what most people around me do and Mm -hmm. several of the people around me who don't do that would like to do that it's just not the situation they're in and that's not the situation for everyone that I knew but at least to my knowledge I have no idea but it wasn't until I was in 11th grade that I realized like wait oh what (laughs) and so I think just teaching kids from a younger age that like you may not want to get married you may not want to like go on dates you might not want to when i don't i'm trying to remember what we learned about in sex ed like what we learned about sex i can i i don't remember anything of sex ed i'm convinced that i didn't have sex ed i remember remember i don't remember but i don't about it i remember we learned about like your period and stuff i and it, it took so much it longer out. for us than the guys, and they got yeah. to watch a movie while we were learning about periods, and we were upset. I know the boys learned about sex, and I know that it was, like, I know, women, like, we learned about sex, too, in, like, our, yeah. you know, segregated girl yeah. section. Also, but the fact that it's segregated it's by gender. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I get that it's, like, people with uteruses need to understand about menstruation. But, yeah. like, what if, why couldn't they teach everyone about menstruation and everything yeah. at the same time? Yeah. Because then we would understand everything yeah but it was definitely presented as like one day you're going to want to have a baby yeah Mm -hmm. and like one day you're going to feel certain ways towards Mm -hmm. boys and Mm -hmm. like that's problematic for a number of reasons that i don't need to explain to your particular audience because they already know 
But. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm convinced I never went through sex ed. I don't remember it. I don't know if I blocked it out, if I was, like, sick that day, but, like, I don't think it ever happened. I remember we had it in fourth grade, and then we had it again in seventh grade in health class, and in seventh grade there was a kid who we, like, watched some video. I think it had to do with sex. I don't actually remember, like, what the details of it were, but he, like, got so, like, he got, like, sick from it because he was just, like, <laughs> That's so funny. And I, that's really all I remember. And I dropped my highlighter. Oh. <laughs> Those are the things I remember. Good. ADHD, man, it gets ya. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would just be good if, yeah, people were like, you know, you might feel this way, but you might not. Yeah. Yeah. I see the teacher's job as, like, widening students' possible, like, ideas of who they could be one day. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of, like, keeping students on, like, a narrow path, like, even just not talking about, like, love and relationships yeah. as, like, inevitable, like, talking about, like, you know, you're all scientists. Like, yeah. doing the science project, you were scientists today, or, like, right. mathematicians, like, what do you think about this? Like, focusing on, like, what they can do rather than, like, what they might end up having in their future, yeah. like, that we consider to be so valuable as marriage, like, I don't know. And that's also just along the same lines of, like, encouraging young girls that, like, you can be, like, you can do any career. Yeah. You can date or not date any person of any gender. All of this is open for all of you. You could become a unicorn. Anything could happen. Yeah. I had a student once who was like, so you're going to become a teacher? And I was like, yeah. And she said, after that, are you going to be, like, after that, you'll become a parent, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, that's a jump. And yeah. and I was like, why would I become a parent? And she's like, my mom says that, like, every woman, like, has a baby. Oof. And, like, Oof. and I was like, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to have a baby. Like, I just, like, flat out told her that. And she didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> she's like, yeah. why? And I'm like. Because I want to think about being a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, or I want to do this. Or, like, I, like part of it is modeling it with yourself, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have the ambition to, like, get married and have kids, that's totally okay. Yeah. But, like, that's not necessarily the narrative that gets hidden. Well, and I think a lot of times, too, teachers tend to follow stereotypes because like they're like oh well more women are teachers than men because women are like emotional and they like children and then they are teachers and then they love kids so of course they're gonna have kids of their own and it's like that is true of some people but I think it's important to show examples of how that is not true for everyone Mm -hmm. and that is what my 11th grade AP Lang teacher did for me and that is why I'm here folks it's not really but (laughs) But she was the one who made me realize, like, wait, I can just not have kids. Like, I, that's an option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Teachers can just use their summers to travel if they want. That's what she did. Yeah. She, she could afford to travel yeah. on a teacher's salary yeah. because that she didn't pretty, have kids. It is pretty yeah. wild. And I was like, that is sick. She was also just amazing. That's okay. what my possibly lesbian great, great aunt did. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, she... Just never got married, yeah. taught during the year, and just, you know, went to other countries and painted. Yeah, that's There's, wild. We have that's her great. paintings all over our house. That's great. You no, know, I should talk about her when I, with my students. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just letting, like, giving examples of, like, many different examples of the lives, lives they can live. Yeah. Which includes showing them that 
queer people exist. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that it's ever a teacher's place to say, like, oh, you might be queer. But, yeah. like, yeah. it is it is the teacher's responsibility to let them know what all of their options are in, like, mm-hmm. the abstract. And be like, it's okay if you yeah. are this way or if you're this way. All of these ways to be are yeah. fine. And, like, that's just so important to do. Like, I spend... Okay. I spend so much time thinking about, like, statistics in terms of, like, how many students are queer. So, like, one in ten people identify as LGBTQ at some point. IA+. plus inclusivity at some point in their lifetimes Mm -hmm. and like research shows that in like millennial generations and like younger that like it's even more people identifying as queer yeah so like in a 30 person classroom that's three of your students even if they don't know it yet like you have a responsibility to make sure that like when they're ready for that self-discovery that they're not going to have to like fight through all of this like social bullshit that they've learned to just get to who they are. Like, mm-hmm. that's my goal as a teacher, is at yeah. least to give them some positive messages. Or if you're in my family, there's, like, a 50-50 chance you're queer. <laughs> I'm so... Oh, my God. There's, like, not an infrastructure for queerness in my family. Like, it's really refreshing to be around yours. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. They're nice people. We support it. Yeah, I see... I think of statistics like that sometimes, but they're way more depressing. I think of statistics of, like, oh... One in, like, four or five women will be sexually assaulted in their lifetime. Why would you... I was thinking, because I wanted to bring up... Those are the statistics that I think about. It's sad. Stop it. Well, I know, but, like... Well, I want to talk about, like, statistics of transgender violence, which I don't know the numbers of, but Mm, I know that... They're bad. Like, the likelihood of a trans person, especially, like, a trans woman of color getting murdered is Mm. just insane. I want to say it's something around 50. Yeah. Or, well, no, it's not 50% they're going to get murdered, but, like, I know, like, being suicidal is something like 50%. I was listening to a podcast, and it was an Argentina, to Argentine, Argentinian? Argentinian. Yes, Argentinian. An Argentinian trans woman who was a sex worker and had to, like, leave Mm -hmm. Argentina because, like, everyone died. Like, the Argentinian government has given money back to trans women their sex workers because that's how bad they were treated like the government actually was like wow we really fucked up here's some money like that's how bad it was because here's the thing i'm ready no one is no one is born being hateful and violent no one is no it's taught at some point Mm -hmm. and so like queer education is just as important for the nine out of ten like straight children in your classroom yeah because like if you if you don't intervene in the social messages that we're, they're receiving like they could continue to perpetuate those horrible acts of violence mm-hmm. like someone's doing it and that person was at some point in a classroom yeah well it's like how like statistics of like racist events and like homophobic events and stuff it's like at like for people who are more highly educated it tends to happen less often mm-hmm. because education has to do with how you view other people unless you're really rich in which case it has to be, i don't know it has to be careful education like it's not enough to just put the book with queer representation in a student's hand yeah like there's this book called drama it's a graphic novel for like young adults mm-hmm. but like a lot of my students were reading it mm-hmm. and it has like it has like a scene where like two boys kiss mm-hmm. and like it's not a big deal um and like that is a powerful message that it's just part of the book, part mm-hmm. of the drama that middle schoolers face, but like yeah. not something super notable. Yeah. But like the drama is not that it was two boys. The yeah. drama is that it's like a relationship. Yeah, in yeah, school. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But one day I saw like a crowd of students laughing over it because 
it wasn't enough to put the book in their hand. Like, they needed guidance on how to make sense of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Children are so impressionable. They are. Like, they, there's, you, you can just mold them into a little racist person or a little not racist person. <laughs> a little <laughs> simplistic, but admittedly why I took up the teaching <laughs> profession. They're like, we'll clay things. You can do claymation with your children. <laughs> I'm glad you're not having children ever. <laughs> I wouldn't trust you to mold a child. <laughs> but like, even in my third grade classroom, like kids were using like "you're gay" as like an insult. Oh, I was like, I was the first time it happened oh, in my classroom. God. Like, I actually had to step out because like it's just like personally, yeah, you know, hard for yeah. me. And like, I like I you you develop a thicker skin, but like, yeah. After, like, that one, that time, I started addressing it as, like, like, what'd you just say? Like, mm-hmm. oh, it doesn't sound like you're using that word accurately. Yeah. Like, what do you mean when you say you're gay? Do you mean that you're happy? <laughs> yeah, do you mean that you're happy? <laughs> oh, you're trying to tell them something mean. Yeah. Well, you should use a different word then, because gay doesn't mean mean. Gay doesn't mean stupid. Yeah. Yeah. You're you welcome realize... to be mean in my classroom. Just don't call people gay. I didn't realize you would still <laughs> That's a different that. issue, but you know. I see when I was when I was a youth, I never really heard that. I, I was either. I was oblivious to a lot of things Same. as a child. And it's very possible it just went over my head. Same. But I just don't like to me when I hear people be like, "Oh, that's gay." It makes me think of like the 90s. Yeah. But it's just that's not the case. Yeah. Like it's, it's still it's very around. much prevalent. It's lesser, I'd say, but like I also heard eight-year-olds screaming that at each other across the classroom. Yikes. So, Jesus. Also, screaming should never happen in the classroom, but, you know. Inside voices. My third grade placement was wild. <laughs> um, what grade, I feel like I've asked you this before, but I forgot the answer. What grade would you ideally want to teach? I want to teach fourth grade because I love the books that they are <laughs> capable of accessing. Yeah. And I want to bond with them over said books. There are other reasons. Um... You can get more into, like, higher-level thinking skills. Yeah. Um, but, you know, younger ones are cute. Yeah. Honestly, I'm probably... I just have a feeling that I'm going to get hired for, like, a kindergarten position mm. this year, and, you know, I'll survive somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That does sound it. kind of like a horror show, dealing with that many small children. See, I like dealing with that age of kids when you're teaching them gymnastics. If I were trying to teach them, like, how to read or, like, math... No. Honestly, the main point of kindergarten is to teach kids how to do school. Yeah. Which, you know. Sounds exhausting. I would, and I would, I feel like being a first grade teacher would be difficult because depending on what their kindergarten situation was, at least where I went to school, Mm -hmm. I already knew how to read from kindergarten. And so, like, I went to first grade and they were like, it's time to learn how to read. And I was like, I already know how to read. (laughs) And, like, I would not want to deal with that, like, discrepancy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those differences in ability, you know, the only way to deal with them is to, like, do small group instruction, like, yeah. different, differentiate in instruction, and it takes a lot of extra planning. But it is the right thing to do, because, yeah. like, if you're looking at education from an equi- equity perspective, you give every student what they need yeah. to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought of Michelle Obama's book, where Michelle Obama. she, okay, sh- where, where she was... Was that the Fifth Harmony song? <laughs> oh my god, I love Boss. My my undergrad friends and I have like a... We know the synchronized dance oh to god. Boss. And so impressive. You know, whenever we get like drunk 
we play the song and still do it. That's oh wild. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, <laughs> but in the Michelle Obama book, in her <clears throat> memoir, she was talking about how when she was in, like, third or fourth grade, I think... She was just in a classroom. I think it was like a split classroom. It was third and fourth, which yeah. I would never want to I, teach a split classroom. So I don't understand how to do that. I don't. It doesn't make sense. My to me. teacher education program did not prepare me to do that. It is a good program, but I have no idea how that would work. Yeah, there Continue. was there was one of those at my school, and I was like, how? Anyway, <laughs> and it was like it was like random too. It wasn't like these students are like these... ready for this particular right. educational. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> at least I think it was random. Basically, in the book, she, the teacher she had in that class was just, could not control the classroom. And she was, like, learning nothing. And, mm. like, she was a very smart kid, but, like, she was going to get nothing out of this class. And so I believe it was her grandmother who marched up to the school and was like... Oh, right, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. and it was like, you're putting my kid in a different class. And yeah. they were like, no, we're not. And she was like, yes, you are. Yeah. And she was like... And Michelle Obama was like, I'm very grateful that someone actually stuck up for me because a lot of people didn't get stuck up for yeah. and they got stuck in that class all year and they learned nothing and yeah. it hurt them. Every kid needs an advocate. Yeah. Whether it's, every kid needs an advocate for like their whole self, like yeah. their learning, their well-being, yeah. their, you know, their gender identity, their sexual identity, getting, you know, all of it, their, their favorite, racial identity. Their favorite type of potatoes. Yeah. They support them, okay? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you... Stop coughing. This is a podcast. What? Do you, do you have anything else that you want to add? I feel like we've at least hit a little bit on all of the, on all the stuff. Yeah, I think so. So, honestly, if you Google LGBTQ plus books, like, there's not a million out there, but, like, mm -hmm. there are a lot of good ones. There's probably more than there were 20 years ago. Yeah, like, there's, like, like whole listicles that suggest them, mm -hmm. and if you look at four or five, you'll see which ones keep coming up, and, like, those are the ones you should start with, but you can explore yeah. others, and, Did like, you just say listicle? Listicle, like a list article. You know, you don't know what oh. a listicle is, like, yeah. a BuzzFeed listicle. You don't know what a listicle is? I've never is? heard that word before. Yeah. Hello? I'm familiar with the concept. Listicle. Yeah. But, you know, those are a resource to you. I'm also always open to, like, books about queer representation because there will be many in my classroom mm -hmm. so and if you yeah. find that there aren't books about certain identities that you wish there were books about write them that's a great point <laughs> like i know it's it's annoying to be like well it's your responsibility to like bring it into the world but like oh, someone's gonna do it, it. Yeah. yeah you know i just remembered so i was building out our resource page today painstaking and there was frick i forgot what it's called it's called Ace Inclusion Guide for High Schools. It's already on our website under one of the sections of our resource guide, but it's a free, like, PDF book that's just, uh, so it's for high schools, not for younger kids, but it's designed to give educators, administrators, and student leaders uh, knowledge for making, like, inclusive space for mm -hmm. ACE students. Well, I feel like, so, too, in terms of dealing with asexuality, that's not something that's going to come up younger, necessarily. Yeah. Like, it's a good thing to be, like, you know, you don't, you're not necessarily gonna get married or, like, being yeah. open on that front when they're little, but it's not gonna be probably till late middle school, mm -hmm. high school, that it's really gonna yeah. come to the forefront of, like, hey, don't be a dick. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Also, there are, there are guides for how to start, like, queer-centered groups, like, uh, mm -hmm. gender and sexuality alliances mm -hmm. online, and I've been doing some research on them because, like, I've been writing an op-ed for, like, one of my classes about, mm -hmm. like, why queer teachers should start GSAs. Mm -hmm. um, 
but anyway like those i found to be really useful resources and there's like at least two websites with them on there when you google gsa so check those out you dig it i like i like the uh new title of gsa's yeah, it's so inclusive. Be, they used mm-hmm. to be gay straight alliances, but that's just that yeah. ain't it. But gender and sexuality, yeah. they kept the same. The letters, letters worked out so well, and it, then it's just like it includes every identity that might be under that umbrella. Like so wonderful, it rocks. Truly wonderful. I'm here for it. All right. Um, do we do beef or poll first? We do the poll first. Okay, I have poll ideas. Oh man, so we this love is that. so great. So okay. What do you wish you had learned about your gender or sexual identity when you were a child? I think that's Ooh, a very good question. Because I, like I would like to know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that I can become the best teacher possible. Help Amanda become the best teacher possible. Yeah. Tell us. Or if you... Or just, like, gender and sexuality in general. Like yeah. Like, things that you just didn't know. I couldn't remember the name of Michelle Obama's book. It's sitting right here. But Coming. Coming. <laughs> We use it That's to hilarious. prop up the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not? Oh, I saw it. Yeah, I, I was I was looking for it over there, and it was not there. Um, yeah, I think that's a good poll. Thank do you. We, do we mm-hmm. want to do it? Do we have any ideas for secondary or tertiaries or fourthiaries? <laughs> I also have a secondary poll. Ooh. Hit me with it. Um, what children's books or young adult books do you know that have good LGBTQ plus representation? That's Ooh. exciting. So I can build my library. Help Amanda build her library. Help her help the children of the state of Michigan. Listen, Betsy DeVos is from here. Amanda oh. has Amanda has to balance it out. <laughs> Be, gotta balance the evil with some good. I'm gonna take Betsy's job one day, so. <laughs> Do it. It's the dream. That's what I like to hear. Alright, so that's our poll. What is everyone's beef of the week? Uh, my beef of the week is that I took a red eye. Last night, I guess. Yeah, how was your first time flying by yourself? You I, were very nervous. I was nervous, but it was it went very well. I think I, I could have told you that ahead yeah. of time. I know, but I was very scared. But <laughs> and I, I didn't tell you that ahead yeah, of time. I, yeah, but it's me. Like, what did you expect? <laughs> but I left California at uh, 9 p.m. And I oh, arrived spicy. in Michigan at 7 a.m. Oh, spicy. Uh, That's why you looked so tired. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got home when our roommate Miranda was leaving for work. We, Spicy. Yeah. So that's my beef of the week is that did I did that to myself. Um, do you have a beef of the week, Amanda? I do. I, I warned her ahead of time to make sure yeah. that she came prepared because... Because we never are. We never are. My beef of the week is that I'm working very, very hard to maybe get a job that at best will pay me, like, $43,000. Zoinksicles. So and shitty. that's because I have a master's degree. Otherwise, under $40,000 is the norm. I just thought about how much you paid for your degrees yeah. compared to how much you're going to make. Yeah. That's not a nice comparison. The and salaries... you have in-state tuition. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. The salaries of teachers are reflective of the respect of our that our profession gets from society, which is does not match how valuable teachers are to it's society. Just like how much work teachers do. Oh, like, so much work. It's not even just during yeah. school hours. Like teachers? you have to do lesson planning, you have to grade at home. And you don't get like, paid for that time and yeah. you do it anyway. And people expect you to do it anyway because you care. Which of course I actually do care and I'm mm-hmm. going to do well, Yeah but like teachers because you care just doesn't mean you teachers get pay paid for like, so much stuff yeah. out of pocket. Like That's I yeah, remember true. the Lakeshore, the store that my mom was telling you about that yeah. has all the good teacher supplies. Yeah. I remember going with my mom to that store, which was like 40 minutes away from our house, yeah. just so that she could buy out of her own pocket 
things for her classroom yeah. because my mother is a teacher. It's and, crazy. And we do it because it matters, but it, like, we should be compensated for that time yeah. and for the, you know, all the effort and resources we're putting also, in. Also, teachers at private schools get paid less. Yeah. What? They get They're paid not under less. the same regulations. Oh, and so I was talking to my aunt about this, who is also a teacher. There's a lot of teachers and engineers in my family. And um, gays. And gays. And she was saying how, like, she never even applied to any private teaching schools, private teaching positions, because, like, around here, even the most, like, supposedly prestigious schools that are very prestigious, there mm-hmm. are very good schools, Yeah. but they're teachers a lot of times are the teachers that are working there because they couldn't get jobs elsewhere Mm -hmm. and like the reason the school is still so prestigious is because they have such high standards right not because they have such high standards of teaching that's awful yeah so that's my beef good teachers should be respected i have two beefs first beef has to do with the golden ratio riley one of the dogs, the most recent acquisition. Mm-hmm. He has something wrong with him that has oh. to do with Lyme disease and kidney failure. And I was listening to the podcast today because he was at the vet yesterday to find out what was going on. The prognosis is not good. Mm-mm. He. I'm very sorry. Yeah. Basically, every dog who gets what he has dies. Good. And it's usually within a couple months. Sometimes it's like a little over a year. But he's, like, he's not very old. He's, like, two or three. Oh, God. And they only got him, like, last fall. And that's, that's sad. so sad. My other beef of the week is simultaneously, as, as it was last week, a beef and a positive thing. What Did we decide what we're going to call the positive thing? So we had some suggestions. Juice, Oh, the obviously. juice. I'm, I'm pro-juice, by the I way. Just, I, I decided know. this when I was preparing to come Ooh, here. So. I don't... Like, as as a concept, like, I'm like, not into juice, just in general. But, like, like think beverage. of it as, like... like not a, you don't, like, beef... Well, the, well okay, so, yeah, like... exactly. It's, it's, like, juicing up, like, you get energy. Like, positive Ooh, things give you energy. See? See what we have to for the memes. God. Okay. Okay. My other beef and my... Your juicy beef juice. <laughs> juicy, juicy beef. Is that I have a friend who graduated with me in my graduating class. Of high school? Of college. Sorry. Oh. So recent. We're, we're college graduates, what? remember? You're not. I'm not, you are. Um, <laughs> but she, just the other day, started her first day of work as a writer's PA for a TV show. Oh, and my beef... Jealous. My beef is that I'm jealous. <laughs> because I know that I'm not going to get that lucky with my first Hollywood job. Because, like, for me, starting as a writer's PA would be, like, the dream. Mm. You're still an assistant. But, okay. like, it's the best kind of assistant. For, why can't... Okay. Why aren't you going to get It's very, that? very hard to have that be your first job. Yeah, but, like, she did it. Shoot for the stars. Well, most... Most... She... She got it in a weird way. Like, usually, to be a writer's PA, they want you to have experience... Um, being an assistant before then. Um, So I'm probably not going to get that lucky. But also, it's juice because I'm very proud of her and excited for her. It is exciting. And it's... It's... Ah... It's just so exciting for her. I like how you're finding the, the juice and the beef in that yeah. experience. <laughs> I am obsessed it's both, with that. It's both juice and beef. Find the juice in the beef. Um, my other juice is the TV show that I did mention earlier, accidentally, the other two. I watched the whole series, and it's just... This is just kind of turned into... This is what happened last week. It's like Sarah's recommendations. We can't... We don't have time for another oh, no. Oh, no, I know. Of it's, recommendations, I know. Sarah. It's just that that's kind of what my juice is going to turn into. Okay. 
That's fair. So the other two, the things you want to recommend, give Central. you juice. Yeah, that's fair. That's all. What's uh, what's your juice? Uh, you don't even have juice, Amanda. What's your juice? My juice is that I impulse bought two amazing board games. Ooh. Uh, Pandemic. I don't know why I said oh, Ooh. such a good Ooh, game. It was positive. <laughs> Ooh. Pandemic, Pandemic is a good game. and Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Also a good game. Both of which I want to show to your. Family. Okay. Because I think they will enjoy them. You might have played Betrayal before. I don't know. I've played it with Nathan before. It's it's a good mixture of, like, luck and role-playing. It's really fun. Yeah. Mm, that's fun. I'm yeah. pretty bad at it. Every time... Like, you can't really be bad at it because part of it's luck, but, like, every game I play, yeah. I'm the first one that, get, that gets killed. Oh, and it's, like, really sucks. annoying because... Okay, so one time I got killed because of my speed, and then I picked a character with the best possible speed, oh. and then I got killed because of something else. So I'm trying to adapt, but I have bad luck. I don't know what any of that means, but I'm sorry. We're going to play and, you know. know. Sounds good. Kayla, do you have juice? My my juice is um, I'm playing D&D again with my friends tomorrow. Um, We're trying to think of podcast names to turn into podcasts. Yeah, Perry texted me about uh, our mics, I think. That's exciting. Well, we're going to, well, no, because I'm moving, so we won't have my mic there forever. You sure won't. Anyway. Are you using your mic for another podcast? Yes. For one week? For one week before I leave, yes. <laughs> I'm cheating on you. God. Podcast style. Is it Sorry. at least going to be a part of our new Podcast media company? Style. I'll talk to Perry if we're gonna start uh, a network. Sounds fake media. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> I'll talk to Peril. We'll see. Anyway, that's my juice. Oh, your juice is just D&D again? Was that mine last week? Yes. I have yeah. a lot going on for me. <laughs> I was on vacation, but now it's over, so I'm, like, post-vacation sad. Okay. So, like, my juice is I had a good vacation. Okay. And my beef is it's over, and I'm sad. All right. So, like... There you have it. Not a lot going on for me right now. Um, yeah. Cool. You can find all of those things on our Twitter at SoundsFakePod. It's SoundsFakePod.com. There's just too many social medias, I can't name them all. Oh, <laughs> also, so I'm building out the resource page. There's a bunch on there right now. If you have resources or, like, ace people content that you like, Hit just, us up. like, shoot us a message and yeah. I'll add it on to Before I go into the patrons, Amanda, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Yes. I would like to promote Amanda's future classroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Because we were just talking about the gigantic financial investment that teachers have to make. Mm-hmm. I am accepting... All books appropriate for kindergartners through eighth graders. I don't have a way for you to get them to me yet, but if you feel so moved to give a pro-queer teacher books, please do, or school supplies, or money for school supplies. Uh, should they contact you, or should they contact us? Can they contact you, and yes. then we figure it out? They okay. can contact us. Okay, so send us, contact... Send us a DM, send us an email. Yes. Um, please help me better the children of the state of Michigan and America and um, also help me get into a classroom. If you have recommendations Mm. for places to teach that are queer friendly in the Midwestern region. I do know we have some teaching people that listen, but I don't know if they're graduated yet. Yeah. Or if they are. Does your teaching certificate work outside of Michigan? Uh, it can be transferred, okay. like, through testing processes and Cause, fees. Yeah, because I know that gets complicated, because, like, your yes. certificate is for the state you live in. Yes. And then if you want to move. Yes. And I would ideally like to stay close, which is, like, mm-hmm. southeastern Michigan, but mm-hmm. it depends on who will hire me. Hit up Marquette, Michigan. No. For those of you who don't know, that's pretty far away. No it's hate in, for the UP. It's in the UP. It's just very far from people I want to be around <laughs> at Emily. <laughs> All right. So, 
If you have any resources, fun times, words of encouragement for future teacher Amanda, yeah. let us know. We also have a Patreon if you want to support us. Uh, Patreon.com slash SoundsFakePod. Our $2 patrons are Keith McBlain, Roxanne Allison, Space Anonymous, Nathan Dennison, and Mariah Walter. $5. Jennifer Smart, Estreetha Vinicota, like Minnesota, but not spelled like Minnesota. Austin Lay, Drew Fenny, Perry Fierro, My Aunt Jeannie, D, Benjamin Ibarra, Megan Rowell, whose name we've been pronouncing correctly, and Quinn Pollock. <laughs> our $10 patrons are Kevin and Tessa, at Dirty Uncle Kevin, and at Tessa underscore M underscore K, Sarah Jones, at Eternal Lolly, and Arpness, who'd like to promote the Trevor Project. $15 patrons are Nathaniel White, NathanielJWaitDesigns.com, and Anonymous, who has chosen not to promote anything this week. Oh, well Such done. a statement. I asked him, and they said, I don't want to do anything this week. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thanks for your money, Anonymous. What a sassy person. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining us, Amanda. Thank you yes, for having me. I, at first, when my sister brought this up, I was like, is my sister pushing you into being on my podcast? Oh, yeah, because I was definitely <laughs> planning on bringing this up, like, months from now. Yes. Well, like, one day, you're trying to end the podcast, but I'm going to tell the story. This is always how I Welcome welcome to this pod, So, one morning, recently, I just told Emily, you know, I have an idea for the podcast one day. I want to talk about, like, how to talk to children about queer identities. And then at dinner, later that day, (laughs) Emily just shouts across the table. Wait, that was the same day? Yeah, same day. (laughs) She's just like, hey, Sarah, Amanda wants to be on the podcast. (laughs) And um, that's why I'm here. Well, listen, Kayla's leaving soon. We gotta, we gotta get no on the No hate, babe. Soon. Love you. It's true. I mean, we are always searching for content. We are. So, like, we're constantly... Our pod last week, we were, we were starved of content. Bad. And, like, also, I feel like a lot of people that we know have been like, can I be on your podcast? And then we're like, what would you want to talk about? And they're like, oh, no, I just want to be on your podcast. And it's like, hello? It's like, that's not good enough. So, like, I'm very <laughs> enthused that you wanted to be on and you had something. Yeah. And you came with a lesson plan. I did. Oh, man, what a teacher. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. Tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears. And until then, take good care of your cows. And your students. God damn it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and your teachers. Ah!